0: Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is April 12, 2023. We're continuing our series, Words for Life, and today's word is Resurrection. And yes, this last Sunday was Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so as we jump into this and we talk about resurrection, the word for your life, let me ask you some questions. How does the reality of an empty tomb affect you today? Are you living the resurrected life? Have you taken steps to pass from death to life? So as we talk about resurrection today, we're going to talk about the power of God bringing salvation and deliverance. You know, God gives us hope of deliverance and a new life. Unfortunately, there are many believers that are not living the new life. Today I want you to encounter the power of resurrection and newness in life. You know resurrection wasn't just significant because of some event. It is proof. It is proof that God can and does, Changed life. He has defeated death. He has defeated sin. And we can enter new life. So let's do that today. Father, I just pray that you would open ears and hearts that we would move into the new life that you have for us today in Jesus' name. Let's look at some scriptures today. We're going to get started with Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like a lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here He has risen, just as he has said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you shall see him. Now I have told you. So as the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So here we are celebrating the resurrection. And these verses, these 10 verses we're looking at, they give us the encounter that begins to change history for us. You now these ladies, they Mary and Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, their eyes and ears were able to confirm what maybe their hearts and their heads were feeling and thinking. Jesus confirmed it. I want you to imagine what would it have been like to be one of them that day. What would it have been like for you to have been going up in the morning hours? To a tomb. And suddenly there was a violent. Earthquake. And the heavens open. And an angel comes down. And rolls away. A stone. A, a two ton stone that you were just talking. To your friends about how we are going to get moved. And then he just sits on it. He rolls away and sits on it. his His appearance. His face looks like lightning. It wasn't just bright. It was like. That, that flash. the guards that were there they, that are supposed to fight off stuff to keep the dead body. They, they, they freak out, they're afraid, they fall down like dead people. They run. How would you have responded to this? The earthquake, the heavens opening the angel, the stone, the guards running away. what what would you have done? And you see, it's in this moment that Jesus says, Do not be afraid. He verbalizes in the passage probably what the woman's, what these women were feeling fear. He said, Do not be afraid. And he says it twice. Actually, the angel says it once, Do not be afraid. But then Jesus says it, Do not be afraid. And I want to point that out because when you see something happen twice in Scripture, it's because God's trying to communicate something to us. Do not be afraid. You know, and and here's these women, you know, all their careful planning for what they were going to do that day has just gone out the window. Do not be afraid. God has a way of reminding us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of hopelessness, when our plans, our dreams look dead. God has a way of reminding us that he's still in control. He's still engaged in our everyday life. And often I ask the question, I ask the beginning, how does the reality of an empty tomb affect you? We're celebrating it this Sunday. Some people celebrate it for a week. How does this affect you? I want us to look at a passage from Acts. Acts Chapter 10, verses 34-43. through Then Peter began to speak. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear Him and do what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, telling good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead, and on the third day has caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So here, Peter's preaching a gospel message. Like many... Men of God, like many ministers, like many pastors, on Sunday they will preach a gospel message that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. There's forgiveness, the power of God. But he uses a phrase twice in here You know. You know the message God sent to the people. You know what has happened. You know. You know. Have you ever went to tell somebody something that you thought was pretty exciting and they go, Oh, I know that. I know that. How does the reality of the cross, I mean, how does the reality of the empty tomb affect you? Do we say, Oh, I know about that. See, I've looked at two repeated phrases. Do not be afraid. And now, You know. You know. See, sometimes we can get a little prideful. We can let our religious knowledge well up in us and we just know things. We just know things. See, Peter's preaching a powerful message about all who believe can receive. But you know what's happened. Why is he having to preach to people who you know? Because the people who you know aren't really living out that life. They're not being affected by the empty tomb. It's just another event. It's just another day. It's just another season. Brother and sister in Christ, I'm speaking to you out there. Have you gone to church service this week and just sort of sang the songs Remember the story of the resurrection, but it was just another day. Or has the fact that the tomb is empty made a difference in your life? Search your heart. I want you to answer these questions because I want you to experience new life in Christ. And there's something about religion that steals your new life, and it just becomes a you know, a you know. Because living a new life can be a, a fearful thing. It's a fearful thing because God shakes our world. He shakes our world and he changes everything. Lastly, our last scripture is Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. It is the shortest scripture that we'll be reading today, and it's actually one of the shortest ones we've read in a while. But we're going to get some meat out of it. Colossians 3, 1-4 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in glory. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So it starts out with since you were raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, you're saved. You're you're a Christian. You're a believer. We've been delivered from death. Sin no longer has power over us. It doesn't mean that we don't struggle with sin or we can't sin. But the sin no longer has power over us. We've been freed. We've been forgiven from our sins. We can now have a relationship with God. Since you have been raised with Christ. That's how it begins. And then it happens. We've looked at this repeated phrases. Now we have a repeated phrase within a repeated phrase. It's like a double repeated, but it's repeat within a repeat. It says, set your. Set your one of them says, set your minds, set your hearts. A repeated, we need to set something about ourselves. Our heart And then our mind, we need to set. And then there's the repeated phrase within the repeated phrase. On things above, we need to set our minds on things above. We need to set our hearts on things above. Listen, when the Lord repeats these things to us, it's important. He's trying to get something across to us. The Spirit of God is speaking something important to us, and He's repeating Himself because we have a tendency not to listen the first time. And he's telling us, set your heart, set your mind. We need to set ourselves. We need to actively do something. There is an empty tomb. He is risen from the dead. We need to take our minds. We need to get rid of that. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. We need to get rid of that and set your mind On the things above. See we often say. Oh yeah I know that. I know that. Because our hearts and our minds. Are really set on things of this world. And we're really saying that. As a way to try and push it off. Because we've got. Quote unquote better things to do. I don't have time for this. Religious Jesus stuff. I have a football game to go watch. Or I have uh, a meal to go eat. Or I have this and this to do. Around my house. Or I have. And we excuse, excuse, excuse. We have something better that we want to do. Oh, I know that. It's like Paul says, well, you know this. You know this. Then why don't you? That's sort of the the father thing. If you know this, why don't you? Because we need to set our hearts. We need to set our minds. And then this, the double thing on things above, not on things of this world. We need to be heavenly minded. There's a little phrase that goes, um, You're so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. Listen, that's not from the Bible. And to be honest, it's from the pits of hell. Because your Bible tells us we need to be heavenly-minded. The idea that you're so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good, the idea is going, oh, well, your head's up in the clouds and not here in reality. Listen, you want to affect the things in this world, we need to have our minds and our head in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If our mind and our heart is set on things above, in the heavenly realms, with Jesus Christ, on what it is that God has for us to do, then our lives will reflect that. It will reflect those things. We won't be daydreamers that don't do anything. We'll be people that will change the world because that's how you live out the new life. God is offering us a new life, a new things, But it requires a new level of thinking. It requires our hearts to be purified and set upon him. There was an emphasis here. You know, there was another repeated words all through the Gospels that Jesus would use. To him who has ears, let him hear. This is what these repeated phrases remind me of. Can, can you hear the voice of God speaking, or do you just go, well, I know that, and then you blow off the whole message? Today, I, I challenge you to set your heart, set your mind upon the Lord in heaven. God is offering us new life with Him now. You know, matter of fact, let's just continue with this a little bit. Another little tidbit in here. For you died, your life is now hidden with God and Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You know, there's this double appear, appear. You know, and this appear is not so much like visually, like I see it appear. This, this appear is it, it it it's like the same word manifest. When 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 Christ appears in your life, this is when Christ manifests in your life. He's not just appearing like a, a vapor. He's appearing as in his presence. His he's he's there. He's suddenly there. He's physically there with you. He's manifesting in your life. You know you will also. Appear with Him in glory. We manifest with Him in glory. And we have to understand that this this manifestation, this this is our new life. The life of Jesus must manifest in us. Jesus must manifest, appear within us. And by doing so, we manifest in Him. We appear with Him in glory. This isn't some about the sweet by and by. This is about how do you live your new life now? How do you experience abundant living now? It's when Jesus Christ is—he's there. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna look in the mirror and you see him looking back. I mean, it is you and your flesh, but he's there. He's there with you. Let's check his promise. Matthew 28, uh, at the end, he goes, I will be with you always. Even to the end of the age, he's with us. Has he manifested? Has he appeared in your life? Other people go, well, I don't see him, but you know he's there. He's there because why? He's changing you. He's freeing you. He's delivering you. Now his life is in you to be lived out. Now he's in you to be encountered. Now he's in you To be experienced. You know, forgiveness of sin is something you can experience. It's not a philosophical idea. And it's not something that you'll experience someday. It's a now thing. I want to pray. Father, I just thank you for what you've done. Jesus, I thank you that you've provided forgiveness. That you've made a way. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and that you would manifest the life of Jesus in our lives. Father, for the listeners here, God, that your new life, God, that that, that new life, that, that empty tomb that you've conquered and rose, God, I pray right now by your power, the power of the resurrection, the power provided by the blood of Jesus, that God, that you'd begin to touch us, God, that you'd begin to move, that people would begin to to sense you manifesting in their life, your forgiveness, your deliverance, your power, and that you'd release new life upon us, God, that we would leave the old behind and we would chase after the newness that you have set before us. Father, we thank you for such great things and great opportunities, and we celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that this has blessed you, And I pray that you will seek the Lord ever more zealously today because He loves you tremendously. And I pray that you experience His new life. You can listen to our other teachings on our podcast, other series at our website, www.christianimpact.net. Check out our ministry. Check out what do we do. You might even be interested in our school of ministry and discipleship process. Look us up. Send us a message. And until next time, God bless.